Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Watson takes the snap. Here comes pressure. And Frank Clark takes it down! Frank Clark! Clark the shot! It's Jaws! On the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Right on the corner pattern for Williams, and the pass is intercepted! The Honey Badger got him! And did I say Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now! The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Mahomes has time here, throws it long, he's got a man in the middle of the field, Watkins, 15, 10, 5, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City! Here's Jay Binkley. That's right, 43-16, Chiefs over the Donkeys, make this 10 straight over the Denver Broncos, make this 6 straight in Denver. It's kind of like the home away from home, you know what I'm saying? With the Kansas City Chiefs in complete fashion tonight, the offense, uh, you know, wasn't the typical offense we've seen. A lot of pass rush from the Denver Broncos. They were able to get the Mahomes four times, but it didn't matter because everybody else did something. Byron Pringle, how about him? Kansas State, he's got that magic. He had two kickoff returns back at Kansas State. You know, this is what Kansas State does. Phillip Brooks, their punt returner, two punt returns yesterday, said that inspired him, did Byron Pringle. Got that. Then Dirty Dan once again shows up. And I said, you know, Dirty Dan will just show up in games at the right place at the right time. 50-yard pick six for Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan getting the job done. But the Chiefs win 43-16. to I'm Jay Binkley with producer Kramer Sansone. We'll hear from you. We'll hear from the locker room. We'll hear from Chief sideline reporter Josh Klingler. And we'll hear from the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Plus... News around the NFL, scores and fantasy updates from the NFL desk from our guy, Dusty Likens. But the chief opinion is this. 6-1 and one now are the Kansas City Chiefs. The Steelers move to 6-0 and today with the win over the Tennessee Titans. This game tightened up. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, and Tennessee came straight back. And we often wonder who that second-tier team is. I'm still saying it's the Baltimore Ravens. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have put themselves there in an argument. They play the Ravens next week. But are any of them in the same class of the Kansas City Chiefs? They're not. Have the Chiefs played a complete football game yet? Meh, maybe that Baltimore game, but it wasn't complete because they had a 99-yard kickoff return by DeMarney. Now today, yeah, they missed an extra point. Butker's fifth missed extra point this season. He's last in the NFL on that. He makes the field goals, misses those now in five of the seven games. But, but the Chiefs didn't play their complete A game on offense. And you know what? Who cares? The score is 43 to 16. You win how you win, and it doesn't matter. The Chiefs sent a warning to the NFL with the way they ran against the Buffalo Bills. Today, they accounted for 101 yards in the snow. Uh, Clyde uh, ran for 46 yards. Le'Veon Bell, welcome to the team. Six carries, 39 yards. I think his role will be increased. I think the Chiefs will go back and look at game film. And Bradley Chubb, that had three and a half sacks in the last two games coming in this game, provided that pressure on the Broncos' D-line. I don't want to overly give pressure for or um, praise to the Denver Broncos for that. Two of those, Bradley Chubb wasn't even blocked. Like, they were unabated to the quarterback. How you let that guy go, I don't know. But against, they'll go to the lab. They'll look at the film and expect to see like Le'Veon Bell because that's why he's here. He's here not only because he can he can catch and he can run, but he's an extremely good blocker as well. I do think the Chiefs will shore up this. So the bottom line is, 
With Le'Veon in there, get 17 yards on his first carry. It's all right. Welcome to Kansas City. That is a stable of running backs the Chiefs have. And once again, they continue to spread the ball out. You know, people were down on Hardman, but, you know, Hardman comes out two catches, 57 yards, including a 38-yard reception. Tyreek Hill consisted again, six for 55. And they just keep doing it. And again, last year through six games, they had six different leading wide receivers. It's like pick your poison with this team. You know, it was Demarcus Robinson with the big game in Buffalo. He had one catch for four yards here. Again, situational. Will you see McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson? Clearly, they're looking at the defense. They're looking at who they play. And they realize, all right, this guy could be a strength against this team. And that's what the Chiefs are utilizing. And it could be any of them. It depends on matchups. You know, the Chiefs felt like, hey, a couple nine rounds, a couple vertical routes downfield, we can do this. We don't need the intermediate stuff as much. But Demarcus Robinson, here's the thing. He played a lot against Buffalo, led the Chiefs in, in receiving. But the bottom line is because he's a good blocker. Because Demarcus Robinson, no Sammy Watkins. So someone's got to step up in that role. And that was Demarcus Robinson. And today you see McCole Hardman. And then, of course, you get the 102-yard return from Byron Pringle. Defensive pick six from Dirty Dan Sorensen. But the bottom line is they found a way to win. And they sent a message to the National Football League that if the Chiefs are still the team to beat, and they added weapons in Le'Veon Bill, the other scary thing is, too, teams continue to try to figure out how to play the Chiefs. Vic Fangio is a defensive mind. And he may look at the the Broncos limiting the Chiefs in yards today and think, okay, they did a good job as far as limiting the offense. Patrick Mahomes, 15 or 23, 200 yards, one touchdown, didn't kill him. And the Denver Broncos, you know, two costly mistakes when they gave up that pick six and that kickoff return. But as far as total yards in this game, 286 to 411. The Broncos had 411. But the Chiefs didn't need that, and that's the scariest part. The scariest part is what Mahomes going off of four touchdowns and 400 yards passing. This wasn't the Chiefs having a running back like Clyde Edwards-Alaire going for 161 last, last week, and that's how they won. No, this Chiefs team continues to get better doing the small things. Tyron Matthews said at that Raiders game, it's about going back to the lab, not taking a team for granted. Spag said the same thing. Hey, we made some mistakes against the Raiders. This is the good news is you're seeing that improvement. Now, the offensive line, I thought we saw that improvement in Buffalo. thought we took a step back today a little bit in the pass protection for Mahomes. Felt like he was running for his life a little bit too much, but we'll get back to that as it's time to hear from you. Silverstein Eye Center's phone line, 913-576-7610. Let's go no huddle. At the 40, foot race 30, see you later. A fade route right side is intercepted, intercepted, got it at the 20-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. That's right. First up on the Silverstein Eye Center's phone line in no huddle here is my man Reggie. What's up, Reggie? Hey, what's going on, man? How you feeling? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. It's 43 to 16, 10 in a row over the Denver Broncos. Andy Reid continues his mastery over the division. Yes, I know he lost to the Raiders, but since 2015, he's 29 and 4. Not too bad. Yeah, not not too bad. I mean, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm, I, this is what I expect from the Chiefs. I thought that uh, Le'Veon looked smooth. He looked like Le'Veon Bell. He was flipping and sliding and gliding through the holes. He was tap dancing through there, doing what he does best. Um, I think the offensive line is starting to kind of look. I mean, I know it's I know it's a makeshift offensive line, 
But, uh, you know, they've been allowing a lot of pressure the last couple of games. So uh, that's something to kind of keep your eye on. The defense played really well. Dirty Dan two weeks in a row with, with, with great uh, great play, and uh, and I was happy to see that. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see when we're going to get uh, my man Sneed back off of the IR and get him back into this uh, defensive back. I know you've been concerned about that, Reggie, and the one thing about it is – um, I don't know. I mean, those, those collarbone clavicle issues, you just don't know when a person can get back. Those are just so iffy type of injuries. And he got it defending a pass and knocking it down. That's what sucks is he made a tremendous defensive play when he got hurt. Yeah, I remember seeing that. How many weeks has he been out now? He's been out for a minute. He's been out since, what, the third, the fourth? He's been out four games at this point. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll take my thoughts off the air, but but I'm just uh, excited to get him back. And, you know, I'm I'm just so used to winning now. It's not even a whole lot to really say about it, but just, you know, go Chiefs. <laughs> All right, Reg, thank you and take care. Yeah, impressive win for the Chiefs. It will be nice to add Steve back in the equation. I thought he was playing extremely well. You know, for rookies, speaking of rookies, how about Willie Gay? Uh, this is Willie Gay's best game with the Chiefs. We've seen his playing time go up and up almost 50% every game. He comes out and makes the first tackle of the game. He batted down a pass. I felt Willie Gay played extremely good. He was moving all around the field, and that was good to see because, you know, that that's Willie Gay is considered a big part of this future going forward with the draft pick. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hi, Dink. How you doing? I want to bring it tonight, boy. That was a great dominant performance. Even though the Broncos uh, outgained us yardage-wise, uh, still 42 to 16 at 10 straight. I'll tell you something. Le- Le'Veon looked pretty good, and they seem to be thunder or lightning. I don't know which is going to be which. I think Le'Veon Bell's going to be thunder, and Clyde Edwards is going to be lightning. And uh, that pick six by Sorensen and the Byron Pringle long run, that's what really did the Broncos in. And uh, I'll tell you something. I-, I see why you guys call Dirty Dan the way he is you, Bob Fisco, and remember Jillian and Chris used to call him that, too. And you know what, Bink? We're going to save our best game for next week. The room dominate all phases. We're saving our game against the Jets. Take care of yourself, Bink. Oh, thanks, Dan. Next week could be just ugly things for the Jets. You don't overlook an opponent, especially in the National Football League. The Jets had a 10-point lead over the Bills. The Jets actually held the uh, Bills out of the end zone today. It took six field goals for the Bills to win 18-10 to today. Look for uh, Le'Veon Bell to have something for his former team. And please, Jets, keep Adam Gase as your head coach. You need to keep Adam Gase as your head coach. Listen, you're you're doing a fine job of getting 0-16. You've got some competition in your own city for bad football teams with the Giants. Matter of fact, that whole NFC East, never has it happened where there hasn't been at least three wins from a team in a division. It's unbelievable how bad that division has been. Let's go to Kansas City and talk to my man Chester. What's up, Chester? This is what it's all about. Uh, a win on the road. Another win in the division. you got more wins than losses. you got all three phases. Special team, 102 yards. You know, you you, you, you got defense. you got offense. you got consecutive uh, TD passes, touchdown by... By the Mahomes, man, just Mahomes being Mahomes, even when he don't have to do that much and get a little rest on the bench. Had three sacks, had four takeaways, got 49 number calling and hitting hard, and, and this is what it's all about. Because, see, when I see that, I see fan, fan in the flames and flame in the fan, and it has not been consumed. You're talking about you defending, and therefore you can tell in the whole world the crowd still fits. 
because there was a time when they had to get the one and said, let no man take your crown. This time we repeating and defending and telling the world, let no, you know, come up, the crown still fits. This is what it's all about. You become a target. Each one said, well, I want to notch on my gun because what? You know, how can you, you know, do so much hunting and get a repeat when you're the hunted? This is what you have to flame, the flames in the fan and fan the flames. I can meet Monday morning because I'm taking that. It's revival time. When you see things like that happen, people feel revived <laughs> going into Monday morning. Thanks a lot, Chester. You can call, too. Chester has a, gave a line open. Silverstein Eye Center's uh, phone line, 913-576-7610. Remember, this segment brought to you by Evansville Distillery, Independence, Missouri. Let me tell you, that rye whiskey is fantastic. Let's go to CJ and KC. What's up, CJ? Hey, Jay Beaklemeister, man. I had revival time after uh, 13, scored that uh, touchdown, uh, running that uh the 102 yards back, man. It was definitely revival time, baby. Hey, man, three things really quick. First of all, once you pop, you just can't stop, man. 13 goes hard every play that he's on the field. Second thing, man, I played outside linebacker when I was in middle school. I had hair way back then. Binkley, I would dream about those ankles that 49 got on that uh, pick six, man. That was beautiful poetry. Man, third thing, third thing, man, and I want to see if you can uh, uh, let me know if I'm tripping or not, man, but uh, did uh, did Spags give uh, 32 a kiss on the forehead after that interception in the fourth quarter? That's what it looked like to me. It looked like uh, 32 went and sat down and Spags went in and kissed him on the forehead. I didn't I didn't so. see that. I know that uh, Spags was pretty thrilled about four takeovers, four turnovers today. The Chiefs got matching their season total against the Patriots earlier this year, but I did not see the kiss. Well, uh, Spags should probably uh, he'll he'll probably be showing the video. I, I saw a kiss on the TV screen, and I'll probably have that in video tomorrow, man. But also uh, things that uh, I saw uh, uh, our partner uh, Luck uh, uh, Drew Locke, uh, the facial expression he had on his face after his uh, failed attempt to uh, be the uh, the evil empire. He looked like Philip Rivers back when uh, Philip Rivers would, would say stuff like uh, "worst day ever" and stuff like that, man. So. Any bad day for our division rivals is a great day here in Kansas City, Missouri, bro. No question, CJ. I wish Drew would have been up in the NFC, to be honest with you. He's a local kid. Simone Award winners, the top high school football player. Great family. Dad's great. I hated to see him go to the Denver Broncos. I just didn't like the whole Vic Fangio combination with Drew Locke. Keep in mind the Chiefs had another Clyde Edwards-Alaire dropped one that would have been another touchdown for them. Pat Mahomes extends his club record touchdown streak to 17 straight games it's like they can turn it on when they want to turn it on but regardless you know 43 to 16 they now open as 20 and a half point favorites against the New York Jets coming up this week think about that 20 and a half spread against the Jets go to James in Overland Park what's up James hey I appreciate taking the call hey I was just wanted to express a little bit of concern I mean I think it's a great win today but it just seems like Mahomes has been slowed down lately, and teams are starting to figure out. Do you think there's any concern going forward that uh, we need to have um, on how teams are starting to figure out Mahomes and how we're scheming uh, and playing the game? Uh, so, you know, it's just 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a concern. I don't know if it's a worry to have. But, you know, I just think, you know, as we go into the season, as more and more teams find us out and figure us out, I just want to make sure that we are prepared, especially when the playoffs come, that we are, you know, uh, ready and are going to be successful to make a run, another run for the Super Bowl. So just thought your thoughts on that. I appreciate the call, yeah. and I can listen off the air. I'm not concerned at all. 43-16 to 16 win today. Yes, they got a touchdown by Dirty Dan. Yes, they did by Pringle. But <laughs> they still scored, you know, 29 points in this game offensively. I'm not worried about it. Yes, our team's playing the Chiefs differently. And again, Vic Fangio's been known as a great defensive mind. So look at look at these defensive coordinators the Chiefs have beat so far. Gus Bradley with the Chargers. Won a ring with the Seahawks. Wink Martindale of Baltimore, he's considered one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. They beat the greatest defensive mind in the NFL, Bill Belichick. Sean McDermott's a defensive mind in Buffalo, beat him. And then Vic Fangio, if he has one thing going for him, it is defense. The Broncos' defense actually rated one slot higher than the Chiefs' defense today. It's the only thing they're really doing well. They're giving up 22 points a game and scoring 20. That's a big problem. You're giving up more than you score. But the Chiefs have seen different styles, and Denver kind of took a page out of what the Chargers did, what the Raiders did. Don't blitz a lot, get a lot of pressure from the front four. But, no, I'm not worried about it. If you watch the NFL lately, there's no rhyme or reason for what happens. This is a wacky league, and they have the consistency the Kansas City Chiefs do week in and week out is insane. Let's go to Matt in Leavenworth. What's up, Matt? Hey, so um, I don't want to be a rain cloud, but I'm a nurse, and I only caught small portions of the game. But the three plays that really stood out to me were the only ones that I really saw made a huge impact on, you know, how I felt about a player, and it was Nick Kaiser today. And I watched ah, yes. the fumble. I watched the miss block that led to the sack. Oh, yeah. It was just a mess. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, and he didn't watch the whole game, but he happened to turn in when, when Nick did something wrong. Keep in mind, Nick Kaiser also dropped a pass earlier this year when Mahomes was scrabbling. It would have been a 20-yard reception and gotten a first down. It was a great play by Mahomes. Kaiser dropped it. Today, Kaiser had the fumble, led the Broncos' points. Also, you mentioned Kaiser. Yeah, that was kind of between him and Fisher. I mean, if we want to give total credit for Nick Kaiser missing that, that's fine. But he was part of that play, and he was part of his assignment was at least a chip on that. He didn't get it. And now you start worrying about it. It's, again, what I said. I said going into this year's draft, the draft before, it is time to address tight end number two. You can't always get away with the Nick Kaisers or the Ricky Seals-Jones. Travis Kelsey's over 30 years old. Yes, he's going to be fine with his team for the next couple of years. But what if he gets hurt? You don't have a lot there at tight end. It is really a position of no depth. Now, you can have tight end, too. I love what the Broncos have done, having Noah Fant and then back up Albert O from Missouri. I mean, it's a good tight end combination. The Chiefs love using two tight end sets. So to have a guy that can block and catch is something that I think in the draft, the tight end position, to me, it's not maybe the first priority because I'm still looking at wide receiver because you're losing Watkins, you're losing Demarcus Robinson. Maybe they're on one-year contracts. Maybe they will come back and find a way that she's find a way to get them, or they'll part ways. But I think tight end is definitely addressed. Dino in Kansas City, what's up, Dino? Hey, I want to talk about Dan Sorensen. He's undervalued, underrated. He played fantastic tonight. You know, he was jawing with Lindsey early in the first quarter. And later in the game, he knocked Lindsey out. He put him in concussion protocol. Oh, yeah. That's in addition to the uh, interception he had last week. 
I think Dan's great. He's just a wonderful player, and we just undervalue him. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how much we undervalue him or not. I think fans really like the old Dirty Dan and call him that, Dirty Dan stuff. He had nine tackles today. It's unbelievable. He's a safety that can step up as that box linebacker. He tied Cervarius Ward, Cervarius Ward with nine tackles today. Don't put a lot of stock when you know when they get a lot of tackles for from corners. Yeah, it's good to see, but it typically means they're throwing to you and you're getting the tackles on the wide receiver. But he got his first career sack today, too, in a tackle for loss. The Chiefs ended up with three sacks on the day, four turnovers. Sirius Ward, of course, got that sack. Chris Jones, a beat double coverage, got back to Drew Locke. Tano, Passigno, nice game for him. He got a sack as well. We'll get back to the phone calls and go inside the locker room in a bit. But it's time to go to Dusty Likens right now to the NFL desk on what's happened today in the NFL. What's up, Dustman? What's up, Bink? How you doing, man? Just enjoying 43 to 16. It still tastes fine. Was today the most boring blowout Chiefs victory of your lifetime? Uh, no, because it was just interesting seeing them find different ways to score. That kept that kept the interest pretty high. Uh, okay, so. Uh, big day. I was telling Kramer this off the air, but big day for like fantasy defenses today. Just like an insane amount of points coming from deep. San Francisco, 16 points. Um, Washington's defense against your Cowboys, Binkley, 17 oh, points. My Cowboys. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Just messing with you. Uh, we keep going with defense today. Buffalo's defense, 16 points on average in leagues. The Chiefs today, outstanding defense, special teams, 21 points. Um, in the fantasy aspect, Devontae Adams absolutely shredded it. But I would say, I mean, almost 40, over 40 points today in fantasy football. Aaron Rodgers looked like uh, pre-Valvinus uh, pelvic thrusting, dancing Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, had a big day. Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati, Binkley, 11 for 101 and a touchdown. A big play today in Cincinnati. It seems that uh, that Joe Burrows found his target in Cincinnati as they almost, almost beat the Browns today. And it appears that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are back on uh, the same page as Gronkowski back-to-back weeks with touchdowns. And Tom Brady for the second time this year, Jay Binkley, five touchdowns from TV in Tampa Bay. Also, um, big news today out of Cleveland, Odell Beckham Jr. left with a knee injury. It's been 2020. It's been a wild year this year, Jay Binkley. And now Odell Beckham um, will be getting evaluated with what he left today in a knee injury. And then uh, other receivers did have really big games. Kyle Ridley back on target. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen, big day today, 10 for 125 from uh, what do you want to call him, Binkley? You want to call him the second best quarterback in the AFC now? You want to call. Uh, you want to call your guy, the quarterback, mm. Justin Herbert, the second-best quarterback in the AFC? No. Another big game no. today at 347, no. four touchdowns. No, that was awesome. Touchdown. That was awesome, but no, he's not the second-best quarterback yet. We need to wait okay. on that. Short I said in the AFC, AFC. They, not um, even the AFC, Dustman. And then and then tonight, a game that I've been interested in all week, Steven Sturt and I talked about it today on his uh, fantasy show that we did a live uh, stream of Seattle, Arizona, two just – uberly talented quarterbacks Russ Wilson and Kyler Murray it's almost uh weird because it's like watching Russell Wilson's younger self because obviously Kyler Murray baseball player <laughs> Russ Wilson baseball player both uh read option quarterbacks Russ Wilson tonight 14 to 21 187 a touchdown and interception that he threw in the end zone in Arizona almost took it to the house Buda Baker did not try to but DK Metcalf your guy from Ole Miss that was alongside AJ Brown at Ole Miss same team and uh, he, tra- he he got him all the way down to the three-yard line. Arizona Dustman, he was score. traveling 22.64 <laughs> miles an hour. 
insane, man. DK Metcalf, Ch- uh, Chase Claypool, those are the kind of receivers I would build my NFL franchise around. But frankly, that is what I have for you for this edition of the Sports Desk. And there's four minutes, ten seconds left in the first half of Sunday Night Football with the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. It's been fun so far. It's only going to get better. I appreciate, I appreciate that, Spam. But on the next report, I want to hear all about Jeff Wilson. Let's do it, man. And we, right. Is anybody giving you any trouble about, oh, Seattle has now scored. So Seattle will go up 20-7 to 7 with four minutes left as uh, your boy, Carlos Hyde, uh, scores for uh, <laughs> Seattle. Also, Binkley, has anybody been mad about Harrison Butker missing another extra point? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet because they won 43-16 to 16 again. And ah. if we get these games close or one point, it is going to come up because it is now five different missed extra points. Nails on the field goals. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know what? You can deal with it as long as I mean, he's hitting these field goals in the snow. That's fine. They've got to figure out way, a way to, I don't know, just go to, you know, sit with a therapist, lay on that couch, just be like <laughs> extra points, extra points. Because the guy's a great kicker. Oh, he doesn't need to worry about just one point. He's all right. As long as he's, as long as they he's hitting not, three yeah, and missing one, him. he's yeah. still plus two all day. Yeah, I also, doubt they're going to have many one-point games. Also, hot topic, Binkley, did Dan Sorensen bleach his hair blonde? You know what? I don't know. I don't know, okay. but uh, you know what? It, it, it looked good, though, right? I mean. No, he looked good today. That's what happened. He looked good. No, he did. It was good. Nine tackles today, touchdown. I mean, his hair was fantastic. I mean, come on. Dirty damn, man. All right, Dustman. Take care. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Sounds good, Jay. All right, there you go. There's Dusty Likens there with the NFL desk, scores, and fantasy updates. Fantasy, I mean, he, he and uh, Steven started to do the fantasy football show or, or podcast around here, Force the Punt, and it's getting tough, man. You're getting down to like guys like Jeff Wilson, you know, starring the day before he got hurt. Have you heard the update on Jeff Wilson, by the way? Had a great game for the four. Just another plug-and-play guy in the NFL. But we come back. We'll come back with the play of the game. Now, it's important to listen to this. It's brought to you by Mazarese. Because when you hear the play of the game, call Nefesco in the morning at 930. Name a player involved in the player of a game for $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500. All that plus Josh Klingler next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. A remarkable acrobatic scramble. And the kick is good. He got it. A 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Mazarese Jewelry in the business of forever. Empty backfield. Pass sidearm. Pass intercepted. It's Dan Sorensen. A pick six. Dan Sorensen. Dirty Dan Sorensen. As Drew Locke. Throws a 50-yard pick six for Dirty Dan, the third pick six of his career in 16 against Drew Brees, and then against the Raiders, and now against Lee Summit native Drew Locke, and the Chiefs get a defensive score for the second time this season. Can't have enough Dirty Dans. You know, you just can't, but that's brought to you by Mazarese. You call in 9.30 in the morning, festival in the morning, with Bob Feshko, Josh Klingler, and producer Ryan Wachowski. Name a player involved in the player of the game for a $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazarese. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a minute on the Silverstein Ice Center phone line. Brought to you by Evansville Distillery. But first, we need to check in with the Chiefs sideline reporter, part of that great crew with Mitch Holtis and Dana Hughes. Goes by the name Josh Klingler because, well, that's his name. What's up, Josh? 
<laughs> it helps when it goes that way, right? You know what does? Go by something else. Who knows? You know, Kling, I had a tough time on this play of the game. It's been pretty evident. Everyone's been kind of easy for me to pick. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. The 102-yard return and the dirty Dan pick. Again, Dan's third pick six. It's not like uh, Pringle gets touchdowns on returns all the time. I let Twitter decide, and we just looked at the uh, Mitch Holtis touchdown call. 6.2 thousand views. For Pringle, very respectable, but 8.5 thousand on Dirty Dan. So by the views on Twitter, what people I think like to hear the call more, they wanted the Dirty Dan. Well, he's become kind of a cult favorite, so I think that 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 would make a lot of sense. It was good to see the special teams get involved, though, because they've uh, kind of had their struggles, or at least not looking up to what we kind of expect out of a, of a Dave Tobe special teams. And so to get a real definitive return, I thought that was a, that was, that was the most impressive part of it to me was, was Pringle uh, running so hard right out of the shoot. And you got to get those blocks obviously just to spring you. Uh, but when he saw the hole, he jetted through it. So that was a huge play too. And then, then obviously the, the defense coming up big, you know, at times they gave up some yards again today and uh, able to, you know, gave, gave up some, some big runs early and then shut that down. And then their ability to come up with a big play when it looks like, uh, you know, a team's trying to grab momentum has been uh, really, really impressive. There was one game it didn't happen, right? That Raider game that we yep. talked about that it didn't happen. And this this time they come up with, with four, you know, four turnovers and kind of timely moments and just those momentum-type plays that this defense can can bring. Yeah, I think the defense has really stepped up since that Raiders game. I mean, I felt that Drew Locke played better today than what Josh Allen did uh, for the Buffalo Bills, just to be quite honest with you. And it was in the snow, and it wasn't perfect. But I'm with you there on special teams, Josh. And, you know, seeing a 102-yard return, you got to think, all right, the blocking was perfect. All right, Dave Tove. Dave Tove had something here. Harrison Butker does miss his fifth extra point of, of the of a game. And, he, he's nails on field goals, misses those. They haven't come into play yet for the Chiefs because I don't think they're going to be involved in many one-point games. But you know what? I, I watch this game, Josh. Obviously, you did very intently. But the bottom line is, you know, I still left the game thinking, all right, they didn't play perfectly, but they still won a game with 43 points. Yeah. So whenever you think nitpick out of the line, didn't block here and there, and we, we didn't get enough running yards and all these things that we, we nitpick on, and then you look at the score and say, well, they had 43 points. <laughs> it's amazing too. They didn't convert a third down. No, they were <laughs> 0 for six. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of kind of crazy, but I mean, I I think this team ap- appreciates those types of efforts, and you know, I don't think there's too many guys probably lamenting what re- went wrong. They're really happy for Dan Swords, and they're really happy for Byron Pringle. They're probably really happy for Chad Henney. You know, so I think this team. <laughs> we all are happy for. That, we are all Chad Henney. Yeah, so that that you know whichever whichever phase happens to be going that particular day, um, they're cool with. So um, yeah, I mean it's 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 good, I guess that uh, there's they've still got tons of ceiling to get to, um, and and a lot of things that they haven't even accomplished yet. Just getting a sprinkle in today of of Le'Veon Bell, and you know that they're going to continue to expand um, that playbook. So yeah, there's a lot to to still get to, which is pretty cool. I look I look for Le'Veon Bell to be in some situations that, you know, there was two, there was two plays there with Bradley Chubb. You know, he goes unabated to the quarterback and he, he's a good enough player anyway that can, <laughs> that could beat offensive linemen, but you got to block him. And there's two of those. Those are the type of things when you go back to the lab and Andy Reid does the game film. Those are the type of situations you'll start to see Le'Veon Bell back there for max protection. So Mahomes doesn't get hit as hard as he was at times today. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta protect the franchise, right? So yeah, it was it was good to get. I don't know what I don't I don't think the play numbers are out yet, but I know they were seemingly targeting about thirty percent um, for him, and you know that that that's gonna, only going to increase. And you know I, I did like um, having both running backs out there at the same time. Um, that's intriguing. It's that good luck. Uh, provide some different type of, of wrinkles. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll get to some of those plays at, at some point in time. And then there was a there was a key drive I thought in the fourth quarter as well, where the the Chiefs hadn't scored a touchdown and and they they got the ball on the ground to Bell and they got the ball to to Travis Kelsey who was quiet for the most part. They got the ball to Tyreek Hill. So they kind of almost like they just turned it on and said, you know, there hasn't been a lot going offensively. Let's get it to our playmakers and see where we go. And they end up with a, a touchdown drive out of that scenario too. So um, impressive defensive performance, certainly um, of the guys up front too. Uh, I don't, we hadn't mentioned them just yet, you know, with dirty Dan and the, and the, uh, the secondary kind of grabbing the headlines, but I thought the guys up front were really good today. And that's where it all starts for this defense. We know when they start sure. to get pressure and they uh, move a quarterback around that, that it causes uh, problems more often than not. Well, they were playing on the other side of the ball a lot, which is great. You know, Ward getting in there and getting the same, just being creative defensively. I'll, I'll say this though, Josh, as far as the offense, it was the Marcus Robinson show in Buffalo. He led the chiefs wide receivers and receiving yards. And I remember talking, you know, different fans would would wonder this week what's going on and the Chiefs going to, you know, they, they they moving slowly away from Hardman. And I said, no, I think it's going to be what Andy Reid sees on film. And just like I mentioned all the time, you know, they had six different leading wide receivers last year, the first six weeks, and then it was all Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey from then on. But that was the big Demarcus Robinson game in Buffalo. And again, I felt that he was in there a lot because he blocks extremely well. They didn't have Sammy Watkins, so you missed that tough guy presence a little bit. And Demarcus Robinson was that role. I, I think Andy Reid saw something on films with the rookie corner in Denver. And he thought, we'll utilize uh, McCole Hardman's speed. He did, have, he did lead the Chiefs in receiving yards of 57, two more than Tyreek Hill. But I, there's, it, it, that's what this team is. There's too many weapons and I feel that there will be those Pringle games or Hardman or Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins when he gets back and Tyreek Hill. I, they're just not a one-trick pony show when it comes to wide receivers, and today was a perfect example. Hey, we've talked about this how many times now on the, on the, on the postgame, you and I, that um, finding yet another way to win yeah. and continuing to show teams different ways to get victories. Mm -hmm. Today it was more about the defense and special teams than it was the offense, and the offense wasn't bad. It was just, no. um, you know, there was that – 10 minute span where they didn't have the football and they still uh, scored, you know, 14 points. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Kling. You, you, you tweeted about this cling, but 10 minutes and you, you score 14 points and you're chilling over there trying to stay warm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's, they do things in a different manner. And then you talk about, you know, missing extra points and not converting third downs. There's so many things that they didn't do. And yet were able to, uh, to, to put up the points they did. So, Clean up those mistakes. Uh, get after things. Get back home and and get a get a victory. They they probably have a pretty sour taste in their mouth about how they performed in front of the home fans the the next time. So and then keep a losing team losing in the in the Jets coming in on Sunday. And let's hope Adam Gase makes it through the week. The Chiefs are already seventy point favorites. Josh, no, just kidding. They're twenty and a half point favorites <laughs> over the Jets. But uh, that seems low, doesn't it? it I mean, you know it does. I'll take Le'Veon Bell for two touchdowns this week. I think. I think, I think they know, just giving the ball to Le'Veon, that Le'Veon won't stop until he's in the end zone. Yeah, this may be a vengeful, vengeful running, mm -hmm. running game coming up on, I think on so. Sunday. Don't want to keep that team hanging around, though. I think Buffalo kind of toyed with them a little too much today. Don't want to keep that team hanging around. Didn't get late. the end zone. You know, I'd like to see the Chiefs kind of put the throttle on somebody and um, 
see it be the Jets on Sunday. Well, the Bills have definitely jumped off that tier two. I mean, they didn't get in the end zone, had to have six field goals. I tell you what, the Steelers, Titans, I, Ravens, I know the, Ra- the Ravens are still the second best team to me. The Titans and Steelers were kind of playing for that third best team in the AFC. Yeah, the Steelers got the win, but the way Tennessee came back, showed their weapons, that one is too close to call, in my opinion. I thought the Steelers were great for like three quarters, yeah. and I wasn't able to kind of fully concentrate on that game. But I thought they were about to go blowout mode, and then, and then uh, suddenly the the Titans, to their credit, they always stay with the run game even when um, they're trailing. So they kind of stayed with their offense and were able to, to to stay in that game. But I was really impressed with Pittsburgh, um, you know, in, in in building that lead, and I really thought that they were gonna kind of put it away and, and and couldn't. So yeah, those two teams are really good. The Ravens obviously aren't going to go anywhere. And then that's that's pretty much your upper tier right now, right? Yeah, that's Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, hear him with Fesco in the morning. He's co-host of that show, 5.58 in the mornings when you can hear from him. Call in at 9.30 with that play of the game that I mentioned, but this has been nine on the Chiefs with Josh Klingler. Kling, take care. We'll be listening to you tomorrow morning. All right, thanks, Bink. And drive safely to the studio. It might snow. <laughs> oh, Josh Klingler right there. Always enjoy Talking to Kling. Well, the, this guy is a regular, Neil and Lone Jack. We've heard from him before. Might as well take one more call before we head inside that locker room. We'll go back to the uh, Silverstein Eye Center's phone line brought to you by Evansville Distillery. What's up, Neil? Hey, Jay. Good evening, man. Listen, after last week, I turned over a new leaf. Okay, I'm not going to upset you or Pete anymore on a game day. How did you upset In Pete? win... I was just, you know, he said I was bumming him out. I was bumming everybody else out last Oh, week. yeah. Well, Pete gets so, upset easily, yeah. I was I was Debbie Downer last week. You were, you, were kind, you were kind you of, you brought me down, too, to be honest with you. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I apologize on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not. but um, I, 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 I accept it, buddy. I accept it. I, I, I said it was going to be nef- nothing but positive the rest okay. of the week, and unfortunately, I didn't get to call the rest of the week, and I'll get to that some other time. Positive Neil. Positive week. Neil. I like it. It's What's going on? Week. Oh, congratulations to Dirty Dan. Congratulations to the defense in general. You know, Jay, last week, even if this wasn't my kind of win, which it was, even if it wasn't, I'd still be positive. I'm going to be positive from now on, on the day of the win. Now, later in the week, we'll get into more of the stuff, and we'll talk about some of the stuff we have. But on the day of the win, sounds juicy. Positive. So, but last week, you, that was your kind of game, right? Running the ball, right? Oh, that was – I loved it. I did love the snow today. Don't, yeah, I did love I, the snow today. But, yes, last, last week – was as fun as I've had watching the Andy Reid coach team. I know it wasn't flashy or Mahomes still won five touchdowns. It was just ground and pound. I love the way the line played. But there's a lot of things I liked about that Bills game. But why is this why is this game good for you? Is it special team score, defense, having both of them in the same game, finding a way to win when your offense is 0 for 6 on third downs? Why did you like this game? Everything you just said, oh, huh? first and foremost, First and foremost, defense. I love defense. I always have loved defense. The day Derek, John, Derek Thomas was drafted is the day I became a fan. And ever since then, I've been, you know, a diehard. But That's awesome. So I just love defense. So four turnovers is always an amazing yep. thing for me. Congratulations to Dan. Congratulations to Byron Pringle, which is – I'm surprised by that, by the way. That's kind of weird. Byron instead of uh, – but, you know, it's all, it's all great tonight. Congratulations to the entire team. Congratulations to Andy. I'm looking forward so much. Jay, you just talked about it with, with, uh, with um, Josh. Um, the next three weeks, we're going to sit back and watch Baltimore, 
the Steelers and the Titans right. beat up on each other, and we're going to come out nine and one going into that Bucks game. Hopefully, we take the Bucks. That's going to be tough by then. For thank sure. you, thank you, Neil. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to look at it other than I mean, the hard part of the schedule is done. This part is done and out of the way. You know, the Chiefs have two road wins in the division: Los Angeles and in Denver. Yeah, they're still going to go to Vegas, but when you go to Vegas. You're facing Andy Reid, who's 18-3 and three after, after a bye, and that's a bye week before. And I don't know if you saw the Raiders today, but they would look like they had been at the MGM last night. They didn't look good. Let old Tom Brady and old Gronk come in and spank them. Destroy them. As the AFC West, Chargers win, Raiders lose. Of course, the Broncos lost as well because that was at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. But a lot went on in the NFL today. As a matter of fact, Noon games were an absolutely, I mean, Cincinnati, Cleveland, back and forth, you name it. It was an interesting time. And here to tell us about that is Dusty Likens from the NFL desk. Dusty, what's shaking, Bacon? Not much, man. It's a heck of a day to be a K-State Wildcat wide receiver is Tyler Lockett and Byron Pringle are kind of showing Oh, and then right Phillip now. Brooks with two touchdowns yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Power training, come on. I mean, hey, you beat Kansas, you beat Oklahoma in one year after getting spanked in basketball every year, and then you just show everybody what it's like in the NFL stage. Tyler Lockett, you see what he's done in the first half? Eight for 133 and a touchdown. Not bad, not bad. No, and I remember, Bigley, I heard you talking uh, in our last segment when we were going out about, um, about uh, what's it called? About uh, guys that you have to play that are becoming. Yeah, household um, names. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, anyway, Jeff Wilson, baby. Okay. Well, don't laugh. He had a hell of a game. I'm not laughing. I'm just saying he's rostered on 7.2 percent of rosters according to ESPN Fantasy Football. It's their today, mistake. Today, the young man had 17 attempts for 112 and three touchdowns, an average for most leagues 32 points. Jeff Wilson Jr. If you don't know, now you know. He's the running back in San Francisco that just went nuts on Bill Belichick. But be cautious. Weird. Be cautious, though, because he had a high ankle sprain. I know. I get it. Fire beware. Everywhere, but are we – Bigley, is, is, are the Patriots done? I've said that for years, and they keep coming back like a cockroach. It um, hasn't been that way this year, though. Yeah, seeing Cam Newton benched, not, not good for the Patriots. They definitely aren't on that second tier – they in the third tier, fourth tier? I don't know, but they're not on a second tier anymore. That's uh, that's concerning, and they let the Broncos beat them in their own house. They did play the Chiefs well, give them credit, but, man, are they crumpling. Well, not only that, but, I mean, they they gave up 100 yards plus to Phillip Lindsay last week. They let this young cat go all over him today, uh, this week. A no-name guy, honestly, we can say that. But Jeff when you Wilson. talk about, yeah, and I mean, like, it's just it just seems like maybe New England's over, and I, that's kind of one of those noon games that I watched today, where you know you see Cam Newton get benched, and you think to yourself like maybe this is just like a little bitty message, but maybe it's not. It just seems like maybe the end is near for New England, but something that the end is not near for are both these teams tonight: Seattle, Arizona. There's obviously a major injury going on right now. 43 seconds left in this game, 27-14. Uh, Christian Kirk had a touchdown. Bankley, I did not know that Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray were college teammates. At Texas Tech in 2015, but that would make sense as to why that connection is so sweet. Well, that's why um, it's before Kyler transferred. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, they, they brought it up on the uh, on the old uh, boob tube tonight. You know how they always have their random stats, but uh, 
Big games today, Cincinnati-Cleveland. That was a real good fun one to watch. Obviously, Pittsburgh-Tennessee, it looked like Juju Smith-Schuster was probably back. My guy, your guy, Chase Claypool, and fantasy aspects oh, yeah. kind of took a seat back. I'll buy that one. Deontay Johnson is just a stud. And Juju Smith-Schuster looked like he was finally 100%, and Big Ben finally had his targets back. Chiefs-Denver, not a lot of offense for Chiefs players. Probably the worst offensive performance fantasy-wise for Chiefs players in a really long time, even though the scoreboard said 40-plus points. Didn't really make a lot of sense. It was the Chiefs' defense today. That was the biggest fantasy matchup uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, for all of you out there that are driving home from dinner, driving home from your aunt's house, whatever it may be, maybe you're going to meet the girlfriend's grandpa, whatever you're doing tonight. On your way home, don't get mad this week that you lost to somebody in your league because their defense put up 32 points. Just get even. What It happens once a year, every year, somebody's defense, but let it be known. This is the year in fantasy football where you just got to play matchups the rest of the year out. You can't play these big guys because today I should have played Justin Herbert instead of Patrick Mahomes because Justin Herbert had 38 points and absolutely balled. Patrick Mahomes had a very calm day in Denver, Colorado. But it is what it is, Jay Binkley. All right, thank you there, Dustman. We'll check in with you later at the NFL Dust. It's Dusty Likens from 610 Sports. No, Mahomes usually likes snow games. <laughs> if it's snowing, you might back away from quarterback. Quarterbacks like throwing the snow more than they do the rain. Anyway, we'll uh, talk to Pete Sweeney in the next segment. Before that, let's go talk to Byron Pringle, who had that 102-yard kickoff return. Remember, he had two of them at Kansas State. Pringle met the media after the game. Hey, Byron, congrats on the win. I was wondering if you could just, as as detailed as you can, break down what you were seeing on on the long touchdown. Uh, When they uh, kicked the ball to me, I knew it was going right. Uh, I just took a a full advantage of uh, my opportunity being back there. For one, being the, as the kickoff returner for this game, and uh, I knew I was going to hit it hard. And it uh, once I seen the hole break uh, open up, I just ran through with power. And I knew I had two dudes backside to, to make miss. And once I made a miss, I just ran to the touchdown. But I wasn't looking back. Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Byron, I got to ask if you're inspired by uh, Philip Brooks and your uh, K-Staters yesterday in the Sunflower Showdown and all those uh, kickoff or kick returns. Yes, sir. I've been, I've been watching Philip uh, Brooks since last year, him and uh, Youngblood, me and Josh Youngblood. And uh, once I seen that record uh, he broke yesterday, uh, he, he had two returns for 180, I mean 189. And I'm like, man, he's, he's something special. And uh, it's good. Kansas State still keeping the thing rolling and keep Keep going, want to know every week. Next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Byron. I wonder if you could uh, tell us you know, what you saw on the punt that you were able to down outside the one. And how much have you guys been putting attention on that the last few weeks with, you know, having so many touchbacks going into the end zone? Uh, we, we never stopped uh, working on it, and me especially, because uh, like last year in the Super Bowl, I missed one in the Super Bowl. And uh, – I told myself uh, next time I'm, I, I'm able to be able to throw it back in into the field of play, I'm going to do the best I, I can to get it back to the, to my other ten uh, players on the field. And um, when the returner was blocking me, I knew he wasn't going to block me for that long. And uh, once I seen the ball take a bounce, I knew it was coming back to, towards me. So I just picked it up, and I, I was so happy I made that play. And I know, I know Coach Toe was happy too because I missed a lot of them. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Byron, you had the big reception at Buffalo last week, and now the special teams play today. I just want to know how important is it for you to take advantage of these opportunities? 
Uh, opportunity is something is something I always take I take full advantage of. Coming in, uh, like coming like going to JUCO, I took full advantage of that opportunity. In in playing, being able to play for Bill Snyder, I took full advantage of that opportunity. Not only just a, as a football player, but as a student as well. Getting um, Bit Twelve Commissioner on the roll and, and coming in here in Kansas City and having an opportunity to me, this is an opportunity being able to come here and uh, showcase my talent. And whenever my name call, I'm just gonna give it my, my all. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're gonna go Nate and then Adam. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Brian, I just wanted to ask you, what was the best or favorite thing you heard from your teammates after your kickoff return for a touchdown? Oh man, you run like a horse, man. You hit that thing. You hit it. You hit it fast. And uh, that's something I always do in practice, and it just translated to the game. Every time I'm back there at practice, I. I hit it hard because I never know when my my name will my name will be called to go back there and return. Let's go to Adam Teicher to close this out. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Byron. Um, after the the plays you made, just curious on special teams. Just curious whether you felt like you left anything out on the field tonight, or, or are you pretty satisfied with that you took advantage of all the opportunities you had today? Uh, I'm not. I'm not satisfied. Um, when the dude muffed the punt, I wish I would have been able to recover that. And um, that's about it. I wish I would have took advantage of that, that muff punt and recovered it for our, our team. That's Byron Pringle, who had that 102-yard return as uh, he was talking uh, to the Kansas City media uh, from the locker room or for Zoom, shall I say, that's brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound around Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. We'll hear for more. Santa Fe uh, sound of the Kansas City Chiefs as we progress through the show. Coming up next, the injury report, and we'll check in with Pete Sweeney next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. And welcome back. I'm Jay Binkley with producer Kramer Sansone. Now, as far as the injuries are concerned, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Taco Charlton was out of this game, did not practice uh, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday with the knee injury. Alex Okafor, of course, the both hamstring, her one hamstring, then hurt the other one, did not practice Friday. He was ruled out. Mitch Schwartz, of course, with that back injury, ruled out uh, for this one. So you had the same offensive line the Chiefs did in Buffalo, and Sammy Watkins still out this week for ha- hamstring. The good news was in the snow, A.D. Reid reported no new injuries, and that's 100% uh, – what you want to hear this late in the season in the game in the snow, nobody came out with injuries, of course, able to put Chad Henney in there at quarterback at the end of the game. This is really great when you build up such a lead and you can put Henney in there, who, by the way, had a rushing touchdown and looked fantastic on that run, so much so that Pete Sweeney has Chad Henney on his fantasy team. And speaking of Pete Sweeney, he joins us now. What's up, Pete? Henny Given Sunday, baby. That's right, Henny Given Sunday. Of course, Pete Sweeney's editor-in-chief, Arrowhead Pride, Com. You can check out Arrowhead Pride uh, for all the great articles you're going to have uh, this week. And, of course, uh, game recaps from the Denver Broncos as well. Maybe you didn't get a chance to fully see all the game because you're working or whatever. Go read this great stuff at arrowheadpride.com. Get yourself uh, just geared up for what happened tonight. And, Pete, weird game for the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. Still not seeing the whole thing put together on offense, but it doesn't matter when you score 43 points. It's very hard to nitpick. When you get a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and the offense was fine. Not great, but yeah, fine. I, 
Right. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think what concerns me is when you play a team that now we're seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans seem to be the foes that you're probably focusing on in the AFC. I'm not sure if today's offensive effort gets it done, but this isn't 2018. This is 2020 now where the defense is formidable. You were able to get some touchdowns from special teams and defense. And what that does is buy you time until you have to play teams in the AFC like the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. But the room for error with how good the Steelers are playing right now makes me think you got to win every game that you can. So this was another big win today. Good to see the defense continuing to come along. And I, I just would like to see a little bit more progress from the offense. It does feel like there's some sort of book out there a little bit to an extent on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But again, you're, you've got a good record here. You're 6-1, and one, plenty of time to figure it out. And the one thing with the Steelers, too, because we keep looking at the team, because the Chiefs, they need to go 14-2. and two. It's 15-1. and You're going to start seeing some some losses by the Steelers. Had to take their bye earlier, so it's out of the way. They did finish up with the Titans, but they played New York, Denver, Houston, Philly, Cleveland, Tennessee. Tennessee, by far the best opponent they played. Cleveland, uh, they hammered them, and Mayfield was pulled out of the game with that rib injury. But... They have Baltimore next week, and I think that'll show us a lot, Pete. I think we get a lot of answers. Yeah. Who is better, Pittsburgh or Baltimore? Not only that, they get to play them twice more uh, this year. Right. But a pretty favorable schedule for the Steelers. I mean, at Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Washington football team, Buffalo doesn't scare anybody, Cincinnati, Indy, and the Browns again. I'm looking at the Steelers. You know, could they go 14-2? and two? Absolutely, the two losses coming to the Baltimore Ravens. But if they beat the Baltimore Ravens, look out. The Chiefs need to keep collecting W's. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think what's annoying is the Steelers don't play the Chiefs this year. So you really can't make it up. You sort of have to wait and see if they are able to lose a game. I look at the rest of their schedule, as you were saying, and you never know. It is in any given Sunday league. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders, which nobody predicted. So it's hard sure. for us to go down the schedule and say they're going to win each and every game. But I'm looking at it right now, have it in front of me. They still got two games against the Baltimore Ravens. They got two games against the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are division games, and Burrow looks better each and every week. And I even see one against the Buffalo Bills, if maybe they can figure it out. I think they're in a lull of their season right now, being in a game with the New York Jets. So there might be another loss there. It's going to be key for the Chiefs to keep taking care of business on their own end. They got, a, I would say, an easier opponent for the next couple weeks. But already, if you watch the locker room celebration from tonight in Denver. Patrick Mahomes is already saying that he doesn't care who the opponent is. The Chiefs have to be ready to dominate. So they're going to be, I think, even a more ultra-focused this week, knowing that they are truly a way better team than the New York Jets. But you never know. The Jets were in a game with the Bills. Yeah, they, they held the Bills out of the end zone just to six field goals. They had, they had a 10-point lead and lost the game to Buffalo. But Le'Veon Bell will be... Um, pretty hyped for this game going against uh, Adam Gase. Uh, hopefully he's still the coach for the Jets coming up this weekend. But Le'Veon Bell got acclimated with the Chiefs a little bit in Denver. Now, we're not talking about rust with Le'Veon Bell because there's a guy that had played in the NFL this year. It wasn't like he was out this year. Was in football game shape. Just your overall thoughts of Le'Veon Bell being inserted in that offense. I think he looked really, really good. Uh, he, he looked like a player that was really wildly misused in New York and still has a lot left in the tank. I know we didn't get to see a ton from Bell, only the six carries for 39 yards, but the vision seems to be there. 
the very, very unique burst that he has when he's able to turn on a dime and seems to go from zero to 60 in, in just a few seconds. And it also seems like he's just a bigger body than Clyde. We've grown used to seeing Clyde now, I think, for the entire season. And he's just a smaller guy, which you can play to your advantage in some capacity as well. But for those tough yards, say you're at fourth and two, I think the run becomes an available play for you more so with Bell than maybe you would have been more comfortable to do with a Clyde edwards Lair, a great addition to the team. And it really seems, at least in this opening look, that this one-two punch is really going to work for the Chiefs. And I like that. I think that's what Andy Reid has liked, is dating back to his days in Philadelphia. So good that the Chiefs now really have two running backs. And you never know. This is an injury league. So the injuries happen, and you feel good at least having one of these guys. In one area, there's not a lot of depth, and that's the backup tight end position. Now, Nick Kaiser <laughs> trending early for the Chiefs. Of course, he had that big drop earlier this season on third and 20 where Mahomes did yeah. connect. He dropped it. He had that costly fumble today against uh, the Broncos. Of course, you got to get to block those out of your head and get ready to play. And then, of course, the missed block where Pat Mahomes uh, got taken down that game. I've been saying it uh, for the last couple of years, Pete, I, the Chiefs, they've got to draft a tight end this year. It's understandable. I can understand what their sentiment was, but – if something happens to Kelsey, that tight end two has to step up, and I don't feel confident if that were to be the case. Oh, it's it's as big as the drop-off from Mahomes to Henny right now. I mean, they they you don't feel good about Kaiser, and then you get beyond Kaiser, and you got Ricky Sills-Jones and Dion Yelder, and it doesn't really feel like the Chiefs are that comfortable with them either. So you are at almost an empty position if something were to happen to Travis Kelsey. And it's not like Travis Kelsey's injury history is completely clear. I mean, he had the injury when he first came to the league, and there was a necessary ankle cleanup in the offseason. So we have to see and, and just make sure that uh, maybe the Chiefs do something here. I, I don't know what you could possibly do to get a tight end. And to just be in, in this situation where you're missing Blake Bell, like who would have thought that Blake Bell wouldn't be replaceable? Belldozer. The Chiefs are really missing that position. Yeah, they really are. And one more thing, Pete, before we uh, turn it more positive. Harrison Butker nailed the field goals in the snow, which it's not easy yeah. to do, but missed his fifth extra point. Uh, he's lowest uh, extra point percentage in the NFL. This is five misses. It hasn't mattered to the Chiefs because they've been winning, but close games who would stand out more, obviously. I don't right. have a lot of concern because I know we can do it because we've seen the field goals. Just got to get out of that mind block of the extra points. Yeah, you don't want to say it, but it is starting to feel a little yips, yipsy. Except like, for field goals, to... he makes them. I mean, that's I mean, you know, right. that doesn't make I mean. a lot of sense. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is concerning to me. And I I wrote a little bit of a w interesting rapid reaction today because it just was such a weird football game to me where it's forty three to sixteen. So how could you come out of it complaining? But this is just a different organization than we're used to in Kansas City. This is a team that is Super Bowl or bust. So you are looking for close to perfection and a clean football game each and every week. And I just didn't feel like the Chiefs were clean. And there are certain things like the extra points that sort of falls into that for me. And you have games now against the New York Jets and Carolina Panthers. I think Panthers are obviously better than the Jets. But these are two games where maybe an extra point doesn't matter. But you get into another game with the Las Vegas Raiders and all of a sudden you miss an extra point and then it's a seven-point game instead of an eight-point game or a six-point game instead of a seven-point game. Same thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints and then when you get into the AFC playoffs. So it is something that you hope he figures out 
going into the bye because you are having, I think, a little bit more leeway with teams like the Jets and the Panthers. Once you get to that second half of the season after the bye week with the Raiders, Bucks, another matchup with the Broncos, and then two weeks later with the Saints, and then who knows by the end of the season how well Justin Herbert is playing in the Chargers game, you never know what's going to happen each and every Sunday. you got to be hitting your extra points. You can't be missing extra points in five of the seven games. So that's something we'll certainly be asking Dave Tobe about on Thursday of this week. Certainly a positive was the Chiefs got 10 minutes of rest to get warm on the sideline is Dirty Dan picks one off for 50 yards, and Byron Pringle goes 102 yards with the touchdown. But Dirty Dan, man, just seems to be the right guy at the right time. And, again, he's up there. He had nine tackles a day tied with the Honey Badger. Dirty Dan just keeps getting the job done. Yeah, you, you're always asking about un, unsung heroes, Jay. And, yeah. And I, I felt like this game was un, unsung hero day. I mean, guys that are just a little bit thankless, like Byron Pringle, who doesn't really see a ton of offensive snaps, like Dan Sorensen, who really has to rely on film study because of maybe a little bit less uh, athletic, and he really stays in the film room, and, and I think that's how he wins. I remember Tyron Matthew last year during Super Bowl week tweeting out a picture of Dan Sorensen just watching extra film in Miami. Like, that's how much this matters to him, and to see him rewarded there, Another guy that, that sticks out to me as well is uh, Turk Wharton, who is an undrafted guy, and he was able to punch out that fumble. So it hammered it out. That, that, was, Brett, that was a veteran play. Yeah. Not only has, has Brett Beach seemingly been able to draft well, what sometimes gets lost is, are, are some of these undrafted guys who are just brought on and, and they're hanging around, and then all of a sudden they're put in a position. And Pringle especially, every time the Chiefs call on him, he rises to the occasion. It, it almost is like maybe this is the hidden veiled replacement for Sammy Watkins that could potentially be someone for 2021. He finally come into his own and, and take that step up. We saw a similar timeline to what was able to happen with um, Demetrius Harris, who was in that tight end two position, who was never really replaced, actually. And then we were just talking about that. So, yeah, really, uh, really high on Byron Pringle at the moment. Pete, I'm going unsung guy. I'm going Willie Gay. Here's a guy that mm. saw his snap count go from 7% to 16% to 33% to 47%, dropped all the way back to 5% against the Bills. You noticed him right away. He made the first tackle of the game. Not only that, yeah. he had the, the pass knocked down and a respectable. I think this is Willie Gay's best day. But, again, we saw him go from 47% of the snaps against the Raiders to just 5% against the Bills. And in the day, he just really shined. Yeah, I was just talking about athleticism. It's it's obvious, right? Like you got to have Gay out there when you can, instead of someone like Ben Neiman. And not to say that Ben Neiman is just a, a bad football player or terrible or anything like that. It's just that Willie Gay is a huge upgrade. And I, I think the more that he can see the field, the better for these Chiefs. And you don't know necessarily what's happening, the details behind the scenes as he's receptive to this defense but he certainly had a good game today and and you hope to see that snap count grow and grow and and no more setbacks well you can hear pete sweeney of course throughout the week on 610 sports radio and pete sweeney will yep. join fesco in the morning at 7 15 tuesday and of course pete and i for our arrowhead pride radio six to seven on wednesday your favorite night. hour of the week i love that, it that's your favorite hour of the week i too. do i enjoy that week uh but uh, of course uh, pete sweeney 11 a.m with cooting gold on Fridays. Pete, 
Always good talking to you. Of course, Pete's the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. We'll talk to you soon, Pete. All right. Smell you later, Jay. Cut it. Cut it. Why does he do that every it, week? It sneaked by this time, Bink. <sighs> the problem is you have to control this because he's not on a phone line. He's on a he's on a, a You really think I know he's going to say this? You are the only one that control this. You really think I know he's going to say this? He does it every week. And you continue to let him get by with it. It, it, it skips past the dump button. Yeah, I was being, sorry about I that. I was being very kind to Pete, which I'm not always, I always do. But if this is a, you know, post game show, which I try to keep it professional. Pete obviously didn't get that memo. Let's go back inside the locker room. Players locker room sound brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the head coach, Andy Reid, after the game. Really, I don't have uh, any injuries to announce to you. So, um, all in all, a good football game. I, I was impressed with all three phases and the job that we did there. <clears throat> all three phases contributed. Um, they overcame uh, some things offensively and defensively. Um, it was great to see uh, get 17 points off of turnovers, which I thought was <clears throat> which was big. Um, Dan Sorensen, I thought, played a heck of a game and as did uh, Pringle with his return. And um, I thought defensively, we were just sharp, sharp, sharp. Um, they had a couple runs, but other than that, there wasn't much there um, on that. And I think this is a good football team. <clears throat> I think Vic has done a nice job. It's a tough football team. And sometimes the score isn't indicative of what uh, the team really is. So um, I know we, we have them again, and I, I know, you know, it'll be a knockdown drag out then too. So. Um, anyways, I, uh, I was impressed all the way around with, uh, the bigs up front on both sides with well, that time's yours. Go first to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach, just as the, the guy that oversees everything here, offense, defense, special teams, how exciting was it to score in all three phases tonight? Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, it, when all three phases can contribute like that, that's tough to beat. And that's how the points got to where they were, you know, it, it's a little bit skewed there, but that wasn't all offense, uh, but it was everybody contributing, and that's a big thing. If, you, if you're a football team, if one phase isn't doing as well uh, as normal, then another phase picks it up, or possibly two phases. That's uh, that's what the team's all about. <clears throat> Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Andy, a couple things. First of all, um, why was Pringle back on that kickoff return? What did you guys see that you made that switch? And Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up as well. Yeah, so listen, I mean, he was a good player in college with the return game. He was good in preseason when we did it. He's healthy. And so we wanted to give him an opportunity back there uh, to return. You, you see how he hits it. Um, that becomes important on, on um, you know, on kickoff return. So he – but – I thought he did a nice job with it, um, and, and I mean, he did it. He hit it hard and fast and everything else. So, yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, um, obviously, you got Le'Veon Bell involved a little bit, had a couple nice runs for you. What, what were your thoughts on how he played for you today? Yeah, so uh, it was great. You know, it was, too, it was too full because we had both those guys playing, but it was great to get Le'Veon in um, and get him going, and I, I thought he was very productive. Um, there are a couple of things he'll learn from just with the offense, um, uh, you know, but I, I think the, the run game part of it was uh, was excellent. He 
had good positive yardage and um, ran hard. Uh, it was great for 25 too. Clyde coming off six days rest. I mean, that's a new, you know, that's a new thing for a rookie. How are you going to handle that? <clears throat> and um, I, I love the way he did. Uh, he came out and he, he ran hard and had, again, great production there. Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Hey, Coach, along the lines of all three uh, units scoring for you, are, are those plays on a day like this needed, or did the offense maybe play more conservatively once those scores gave you gave you that kind of big lead? Yeah, you know, you want it. <clears throat> we try to score every time we have that ball, man, uh, offensively. Um, it, it wasn't going that way. Uh, Vic did a nice job on third downs. He, he blitzed us a little bit and, and, and got us um, – and we fixed it the second half. We just didn't get the same blitz, so, and we weren't in that situation. Um, but, um, uh, listen, I, as many points as you can get on the board in the NFL, that's a good thing. I mean, these teams are too stinking good, and I'll take them from anywhere. And if, if you're giving me some points, I'll take them. I, I, that, uh, you need them in this thing. It's, teams are way too explosive. Let's go next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Andy. Um, obviously, we'll take the points anywhere you can get them, but does it have any particular meaning to you to see guys, uh, two undrafted free agents, have those big touchdowns today on, on a team of, you know, guys who have a little higher profiles than those two? Yeah. Uh, listen, <clears throat> two of my favorite guys, man. They, they, uh, they play. They come show up every day. Um, non-scholarship. It was like San Francisco State, non-scholarship program. So they came in on not on scholarship, and they end up earning it. And and rightly so. They did a great job. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. My question is somewhat of a follow-up to Vahe's, but considering that Patrick, arguably and reasonably so, gets much of the attention on the team, what does it say that he can look out and see that his teammates – uh, can perform at such a high level to, to where he doesn't have to be uh, a superstar every game. Yeah, you know, Nate, I deal with him every day, and all he wants to do is win. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy for being just what you're saying. I mean, you you know how he is, how he's wired, but <clears throat> I mean, that's that's what's real every day. Now he wants to, you know, rip your heart out when he's out there playing. I mean, he wants to do well and do all that, but um, when uh, when other people, he, you know, I mean, when other people are scoring, he's jumping up and down. Likewise, so it, it doesn't um, – he just wants to win, and that's that's the beauty of it, yeah. Got time for a few more. We'll go right down the line. Sam, Pete, and then Sam. Go ahead, Sam McDowell. Hey, Andy. Um, a couple of weeks ago against the Raiders, your defense took some heat for the way they played in that game. Back-to-back games now, just 16 points each, four turnovers today. Could you sense something coming off of that Raiders game, whether it be in practice that next week or a meeting or something, that these guys were going to bounce back in the way that they have? Yeah, I don't think we <clears> – <throat> none of us coached very well and none of us played very well in that game. And so I thought it was uh, – you know, I could definitely sense it on the defensive side where uh, they wanted to put the hammer down and, and do better. <clears throat> Big, great focus there. Um, Spags has done a nice job, as the other coaches have. And um, they got a lot of proud players there. So they, you know, they really bared down and had a couple of nice games here. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Congrats on the win, Coach. Uh, weird to ask this question in such a dominating game, but it seemed like there was a little bit of lull for the offense in the middle of the game. How important was it to uh, get things going, get that touchdown with Tyreek toward the end before you switched out uh, for Chad Henney? 
Yeah, so we had a couple of them right there, and that was good to get those. Um, you know, and, and then we were able to get down there and drive. We need to do better in the red zone is what we need to do. We drove down the flank of the field and didn't do very well once we were there. So, um, uh, but points, points in this game were important. I thought uh, it was good to get a couple touchdowns in there, mixed in there. But um, listen, I'm just glad. Listen, uh, the, the, way too competitive in this league. So I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not resting on all that. We'll get better. We'll get better. We'll correct the mistakes and get better. And, um, you know, it starts with me. And, and so we, we roll and uh, get things corrected up. We'll go to Sam Mellinger with the last one. Go ahead, Sam. Andy, um, I realize uh, you guys won the Super Bowl last year, right? And, and I might be setting myself up here because I don't think this is necessarily the way you think. But it seems like this group has so many different ways to win a game. I'm just curious if you think this has the chance, the potential to be uh, the most complete team that, that you've had here. Yeah, I think time tells on those things, you know, <clears throat> um, every week, such a challenge in this league, there's so much parity in the league. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, when they're watching the college game, they go, well, you know, we got one good game here, one good game there. You turn on the NFL and every game's a good game. It's just how it rolls because of the parity within the, the league. So, um, you have to be on every week and that's a challenge. You know, that's a challenge. The expectations are high amongst our players, amongst the coaches. And how do you sustain that? How, how do you keep that rolling? You know? And, and so uh, it's character and it tests you there and you, you got to bear down every week to do that. There you go. That's Andy Reed brought to you by Santa Fe auto sound, Santa Fe auto sound, uh, Kansas city's home for car audio since 1967. And Andy's right. You cannot let your guard down in this league. Every week, it can be different. Did the Bills let their guard down a little bit against the Jets today? No, they didn't get the end zone, but the kick six field goals, but they did find themselves down 10 to nothing a game. It can happen. Now comes one of my favorite segments of the week. It's called Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtus, brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Floating a pass, Kelsey near side, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic. Mahomes faking a handoff, throwing long, coming near side, Tyreek Hill, burning the Broncos, a 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Slant pattern, intercepted at the 40-35, coming to the near side, it's one for Hill, 10-5. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! That's right. For those Mitch Holtus calls, go to at 610 Sports KC on Twitter. Each one of them are posted up there on Mitch's great touchdown calls, like the Chiefs, who drew first blood today. First down and 10 for the Chiefs. They can pick up a first down before reaching the end zone. Delay handoff. Edwards and I are trying to pick a hole left. He's at the 10, slides off a tackle inside the 5. 3 2 1 touchdown! Kansas City! Clyde Edwards Delaire at LSU didn't play in these conditions very much, but just like the 10th Mountain Division, he's trained for it, and the Chiefs get a touchdown on their first offensive possession. Great call by Mitch. Of course, Clyde Edwards Delaire from Baton Rouge played his college ball at LSU. So, yeah, not usually used to these games. This put the Chiefs up 7 to nothing. That was an 11 yard run. Eight plays, 68 yards on that drive for the Chiefs, taking 402 off the clock, but the Broncos would strike back after a Nick Kaiser fumble. Drew Locke's going to keep it. He gets to the right side, and he will easily walk in past Tano Passigno. The Broncos get a fake 
jet action. And now a spike in the end zone by Drew Locke. He gets the rushing touchdown, and the Broncos have a chance to tie the game at 6.04 to go in the first quarter. Drew Locke on that two-yard run. Brandon McManus missed his first point after attempt of the year. That made the score 7-6. Harrison Butker in the first quarter with 2.04 left after a seven-play 53-yard drive taking four minutes. Drilled a 40-yard field goal, making the score Chiefs 10, Broncos 6. But the second quarter, close game, 10-6. It was none other than one Dirty Dan. Empty backfield. Pass sidearm, pass intercepted, it's Dan Sorensen, a pick six, Dan Sorensen, dirty Dan Sorensen, as Drew Locke throws a 50-yard pick six for dirty Dan, the third pick six of his career, in 16 against Drew Brees, and then against the Raiders, and now against Lee Summit native Drew Locke, and the Chiefs get a defensive score for the second time this season. That's right, second time this season, the third pick six of Dan Sorensen's career, as you heard Mitch Holt to say, 50 yards on that interception return. And I'll tell you this much, that made the score 17-6, to Kansas City there. The Broncos would come back, another Brandon McManus field goals. 43 yards this time, a seven-play 50-yard drive for Denver, making the score 17-9. to But it was short-lived because 535 left. In the quarter, guess who? Mr. Kansas State. We're stopped the last time. This kick will be a return. This is Pringle, former K-State star, on a right return across the 40-yard line. He's up to the near side at the 45, pushes by the wall. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City, Byron Pringle. And the K-State fans that are Chiefs fans can rejoice for a second straight day. Pringle filling in for Hartman, busts a 102 to taste the sweet nectar of the end zone. Byron Pringle goes 102 yards on the play, took 14 seconds to do it. That opened the game up wide open, 14 to nine. And I'll say this too about Byron Pringle. That was much needed. He didn't have any kickoff returns this year. They saw the right situation. And I think the Chiefs needed this. Of course, they had the one return against them. Devin DeVarney, 99 yards in that Baltimore game, but that became the fourth longest Chiefs kickoff return. It was Niall Davis versus Denver that went 108 yards back in 2013. Nolan Smith at Denver, and but keep in mind Niall Davis was at Denver. Nolan Smith was at Denver, but that was December of 1967. Third longest return, McCall Hardman, 104 yards versus the Chargers in 2019. Sitting there at four, Byron Pringle at Denver. How about that? Three of the top four Chiefs' longest returns ever happened in Denver, Colorado. Couldn't happen at a more wonderful place. But this really opened the game up, 24-9. And I loved it because the Chiefs showed they scored offense, defense, and special teams. And you know what the best, most impressive thing of this was? This was a 10-minute rest for the offense. And you said Sorensen got the touchdown. Pringle got the touchdown. Really, that separated the game. That, Dirty Dan made it 17 to 6, 24 to 9 there with Byron Pringle. In the third quarter, it would be field goals. Harrison Butker kicking a 31 yarder, extending the lead to 27 to 9. Then once again, Harrison Butker on a 26 yard field goal, making the score 30 to 9. But the Chiefs' offense not done as Patrick Mahomes about ready to extend his 
well, from 16 to 17 games straight with the touchdown. Now the Chiefs have second and goal. Ball between the 11 and the 10. Pringle in motion, dances in front of Mahomes. Edwards Alaire, the running back. Quick pass near side Hill. Comes to put a juke move on Simmons. He'll stay on his feet and dives for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. How can you score in the red zone? Extend the offense to the wide side of the field and break a tackle. And Tyreek Hill gets to the end zone again, the eighth time in his career against the Broncos. Six plays, 57 yards, taking 333 off the clock. And so the offense getting in a little bit of action here. Now keep in mind this what could have been Patrick Mahomes' second offensive passing touchdown of the game. Clyde had one in his hands, and, well, it was dropped, but it can't give the rookie too much slack for that. He is the NFL's second-leading rusher. That made the score 37-9, and the route was on. Denver would come back in the fourth quarter with 6.54 remaining on the clock with new addition, Melvin Gordon. Broncos will put Gordon back in the game. He's flip-flopping now with Freeman after Lindsey was injured early in the game. Handed off, Gordon powers up the middle, second effort, touchdown. And that really didn't matter. Brendan McManus with the point after Tim, making a score 37 to 16 Chiefs. But it gave the comfortability of having Mahomes rest. You don't want to see ridiculous injuries. Remember, that's where he had the knee issue, was in Denver. But to be able to have your quarterback rest at the end of a game against a rival, Andy Reid now 29 and four against AFC West since 2015. Two and one this year with two wins on the road in the AFC West. But it's good to see Chad Henney do this. Chad Henney at quarterback for the Chiefs. Triangular receivers to the right. DeAndre Washington, halfback left. And Henney's gonna keep it on the left side run! Touchdown! Kansas City! Chad Henney spikes the ball in the end zone. Only seven appearances prior to this game since 2013. And Chad Henney does his inner Lamar Jackson and <laughs> finds a touchdown on the run at 2.58 to go in the game. Chad Henney's going to be a great coach someday in this league, but he doesn't get much action, hasn't seen much action since 2013. But it was nice to see him in the game, giving Mahomes that rest. That was a seven-play, 21-yard drive from the Chiefs, taking almost four minutes off the clock. And that would be your final score, 43-16 to 16 in that one. That's touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis, brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. Coming up next, though, we will, we will check in with Dusty Likens at the NFL Score and Fantasy Desk. We'll take a timeout. We'll come right back with the Dustman and your calls, 913-576-7610. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. A lot of fun Chiefs coverage tomorrow, starting with Derek Johnson, the all-time Chiefs tackle leader at 730 in the morning. With Fesco in the morning, then the color commentator for the Chiefs, Dana Hughes at 830. Bill Moss, the former Chief, joins Quiddy Gold at 11 o'clock. 215, you have the one-on-one exclusive interview with the drive with one Patrick Mahomes. And that night, we have Chiefs Kingdom at 6 o'clock with Mitch Holtis. Then at 7 o'clock, me and Therese Paler for the Therese Paler Show. Then at 8, Red Reaction, your reaction to today's Chiefs game and maybe going forward and whatever with Dusty Likens taking your, your calls in reaction 
on Red Reaction at 8 o'clock. Speaking of Dusty Likens and Red Reaction, let's go to the NFL desk and talk to one Dusty Likens about scores and fantasy updates from today. Dustman? What's up, Big Binkley? You almost getting through this shit? This is a long day for you, man. It's a fun day. You know what I'm saying? I like Dirty Dan Interception Returns. Day, you know what I mean? Dirty Dan Interceptions return just kind of, it's like the energy drink I need, you know? You should try tea and coffee. Uh, just, just an idea. Uh, yeah, Dirty Dan uh, made the Chiefs defense look really good in the fantasy output today. The big story, um, obviously, today in fantasy was Jeff Wilson and the, just the, the cat out of, uh, out of San Francisco. Nobody knew who he was. Guys like Cole Beasley having games, um, you know, the way that those guys are having games today. You, you saw a lot of offense of guys that might be set up for success throughout the entire season. And then today, you thought, you know, weather wouldn't be a factor for Patrick Mahomes. Not his best game. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, a good bounce back for a lot of players that we hadn't seen with big numbers. You saw um, guys like Robbie Anderson, who had been heavy streamers all week. Pretty average day for Robbie Anderson. But guys like Devontae Adams, who had huge games. Guys like Tyler Lockett, who are having a huge game right now as you have an absolute stunning showdown on Sunday Night Football. Once again, Big League Sunday Night this year has been absolutely stunning for football games, and I just it's going to be kind of hard to pick the top three when it all comes down to it. But tonight, a big one is it's 27-24. Uh, Seattle over Arizona still with a full fourth quarter left and three minutes and some change. Seattle needs defensive quarter. help, Dustman. They have 370 yards pass game. That, that offense is wonderful. Russell Wilson's playing wonderful. DK Metcalf, all that. They need to learn to stop somebody. I mean, they went out and got Jamal Adams. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, yeah. maybe you need some other help. Maybe they should have paid Earl Thomas. I don't know what's going on with Seattle. All I know is that Russell Wilson and that offense is clicking DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett. It's good to see that finally they're just letting Russ just be dangerous like he wants to be. And this new form of Russ Wilson is very fun to watch. He deserves the MVP so far in the NFL. He's probably going to win it if this keeps up. And it's just nice to see him finally get that recognition of being a very, very, very privileged quarterback in the NFL with every single type of talent he has. And it's also been fun watching he and Kyler Murray play against each other in this game because Kyler Murray just had a rushing touchdown where he made guys look like they were dancing on ice. And uh, those two quarterbacks going at it in this game, again, with a lot of time left, full fourth quarter and some time. But guys that also had big games today, A.J. Brown, a big name. Again, we mentioned Devontae Adams, 13 catches, 196 and two touchdowns on the day of uh, when they said that the Aaron Jones would miss the game today. Um, not a big day for anybody uh, on Kramer's Raiders. Uh, unfortunately, they lose today to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Tom Brady throws five touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski looks like he's back in the full swing. Um, as I believe the stat today is that Gronkowski and Tom passed, what, Steve Young and Jerry Rice for most touchdown receptions or something like that. Who knows? Derrick Henry, a very mild day, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Every Chiefs offensive stud today, except for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not really big performances for the Chiefs. Again, it was a weird day in fantasy. It was a lot of guys like Cole Beasley had a really good day today. Kansas City's defense had 21 points. Um, Amari Cooper only 15 and a half. Of course, Andy Dalton, unfortunately, left that game with a concussion. But uh, And then tonight's game's been fun, and today's games were interesting. It's Tennessee-Pittsburgh, Binkley. That was the... If I had to give you a dictionary version of what I think you want football to look like for the rest of your life, 
Pittsburgh-Tennessee's game today is exactly what you look for in a football game. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like to see the Raiders lose, too, because they already had their Super Bowl dust, man, but you're right about That's that. That's right, Pittsburgh week five. Game. Yeah, they already had their Super Bowl. So, But the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game was good for me because it's a litmus test. All right, who's that next best team out there? We'll find out a ton about the Steelers next week against the Ravens. Chiefs are favored by 21 points already in Vegas, yeah, against the Jets next week. In climbing. Do you think Davion Bell has 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing next week? I don't, but I think he gets in the end zone twice. I really do. Is that the game that's going to put Adam Gase uh, on the on the, on the the market? That'd be dumb because he's got the skill to take that team to 0-16. And, and, and they need that first pick. Like, if they want Trevor Lawrence, Adam Gase is the right guy for that job to get him that number one pick. So you think they can go 0-16, or you think they, they can only do that if they keep Adam Gase? I think that Adam Gase helps. I, the reason I'm not big on the coaching changes when you suck, because everybody wants that first pick. You don't want to inspire them. You don't want them to get that inspiration. You don't want to get that bump like Romeo Cornell gave the Texans when Bill O'Brien was fired. I'll tell you what, man. Sometimes you just got to let somebody come in there and take control, you know, whether that be in a relationship or whether that be in a head coaching position. Sometimes you just got to let somebody else get in there and change things up. <laughs> All right, Dustman, we'll hear you tomorrow on Red Reaction, 8 o'clock. Thanks for the NFL dust today and fantasy updates. I appreciate it. Hey, that's right. You and Kramer stay sexy, be safe, and be easy, guys. All right, guys, take care. Take care. That's Dusty Likens with our NFL desk. Well, Tyron Matthew, and he had an interception. He just seemed to be the right guy at the right time. You know, that Turk Wharton didn't get that fumble in there. He caused a great fumble, but there was the Badger. Right there for Tyron Matthew got his second interception of the of the season when he picked off Drew Locke and returned at 18 yards. Tyron Matthew now has 19 interceptions in his career for 252 return yards. And oh, by the way, he got five solo tackles in today's game as well. We'll head back inside that Chiefs locker room and hear from Tyron Matthew. Of course, going inside the locker room brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the Honey Badger. Hey, Tyron. Um, I asked Andy this, but also curious of your opinion. Two weeks ago, obviously, you guys took some heat for the way you played against the Raiders. Do you feel like the way that you guys have played in the two ensuing games in Buffalo and then today has anything to do with maybe some motivation or just not liking the way you played two weeks ago? I mean, you know, as football players, it's always good when you have a challenge in front of you, you know, especially one that you can see. So I think for us, it's all about us, you know, obviously, you know, learning from the Raiders game, um, then putting our head down and just going to work. I think as long as we play disciplined, sound, you know, trustworthy football, um, it's not many teams that can, you know, affect us in a, in a negative way, you know? So um, I, I thought the last couple of weeks, obviously, you know, we've been taking some steps in the, in the right direction, um, you know, but we still got a long season ahead of us. So, um, I, I think the sense of urgency, you know, as far as, you know, us playing consistent at all times um, and even throughout this game, you know, there's a lot of junk yardage that they was able to kind of, you know, and even some touchdowns that they were able to put up um, that, that we got to do a good job of, you know, limiting, you know, going forward. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. <clears throat> hey, Tyron, a couple of questions here. If you can take me through what you saw. Uh, on Dan's play where he picked it off and ran it back and then just take us through your interception and getting the ball to bounce up. Yeah, well, uh, if I tell you what happened with Dan play, uh, that'll mean I, was, I wasn't doing my job because <laughs> we was all in man-to-man coverage. And so, But I did kind of see Dan jump in front of the route. Um, 
And, you know, I think that's that's what we expect from Dan. You know, he's a guy that studies really hard. Um, he's a guy that's always prepared. Um, and, you know, he's always clutch. You know, he's always stepping up, making those big time plays, you know, when we really need it. What was the second part? I'm sorry. Uh, we may have to come back to that one, Tyron. I think we're having some new problems right. here. Uh, let's shift to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Don't worry. I got time for you. Um, the first, his last question was about your interception. Uh, Tyron, can you just walk us through that? And then Brad, I'll ask my question. Oh, uh, my, my interception, I was just in the outside leverage, um, you know, coverage. Um, uh, and, you know, I think anytime, you know, a receiver, you know, doesn't catch the ball or tips it in the air, you know, just gives me an opportunity to make the play. But, um, obviously, you know, you expect the NFL receiver to come down with that catch, but, uh, you know, I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> and then uh, my question, Tyron, is obviously everybody last year knew you created the, the mantra of championship swagger, particularly in road games. I just wonder how much has the swagger developed or changed this year, depending on you guys in year two in this defense? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, this is a, this is a new season, and I think you have to, you know, build your way to – you know, championship talk and championship swagger. So, um, you know, I think these last two games that we've been able to put together, I do feel us tapping back into to that mantra, to, to that attitude, to that standard. So, um, like I said, we still got a long season ahead of us, got some big games coming up, um, and it's going to really prove who we are, you know, as a defense. So I'm um, just looking forward to us stepping up, coming to work, you know, each and every day, you know, with that energy, that attitude, you know, and just, just, just wanting to have fun, you know, and wanting to play hard for the guy next to you. Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to Adam Tyshun and Sam Millinger. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron, a couple of things real quick. First of all, um, Nate asked you about maybe uh, the, your swagger on the road. You guys have been really a, a better road team um, than the home team since you've been here. Do you have anything you can put your finger on as to why? And also as a guy who's played against Le'Veon Bell before, what, what are the Chiefs getting from your perspective in a player like that? Yeah, um, I think every game is important. You know, obviously, you know, you have the home field advantage factor. You know, you're playing at home. And then when you go on the road, it's all about your team. It's all about the teammates. It's all about the locker room. It's all about the energy. It's all about the attitude that that we're willing to, you know, embrace. You know, and I think we're doing a good job of that. You know, I think our coaches do a good job of, you know, always, you know, putting challenges in front of us. Um, putting things in front of us that we can work on, that we can focus on, that can really get us better, you know, as a unit. Um, I thought I, I actually liked what I saw, you know, out of Le'Veon today. Um, you know, I know he's still getting back into it. You know, it's his first game with us. But, I mean, you can tell right off the bat that this guy knows what he's doing, you know, with the, with the football in his hand. And, you know, I saw him made, a, made a, one good run today, uh, made a couple guys miss. And um, so, I mean, we'll be expecting for him to, to make some really, really big plays for us going forward. Glass of Sam Millinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, Tyron, you and, and some of your teammates on defense have talked sometimes of, of wanting to sort of, not in a bad way, but emerge from the, the shadow of the offense, right, to, to be a reason that the team wins, take pride in that. I'm just wondering, is that still a thing, or do you feel like that's been established and, and people know that by now? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, you know, we have a great offense, you know, and I think anytime the opportunity presents itself for us to stand up you know, make a stand, make plays, give give the offense opportunities to, to to score. You know, even when those guys may not be clicking on all the cylinders that that they would like. Um, so uh, I mean, we take great pride, and I think that starts with, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Spags. You know, and I think me and him are kind of the same. You know, 
we take everything so personal, you know, and so, um, and I, but I think it does the group well, you know, I think, you know, us obviously having that chip on our shoulder, you know, uh, not necessarily wanting to be the little brother, but wanting to be the reason or wanting to be part of the reason why, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are a great team. And so we're still working towards that. Um, we're still building towards that. But I think anytime we, we, we you have a performance like this where you can step up as a defense, um, I, I think it just sends confidence, you know, through the whole locker room that, you know, each unit can trust each other. Each unit can feed off each other and grow off each other. There's Tyron Matthew, the uh, the honey badger, inside after the game there. And I tell you what, he had a second pick this season, 19 picks in his career, 252 return yards in his career, but he's kind of the one that set the tempo. And I'll go back to this. This is what Tyron Matthew had to say after the Raiders came in and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Talking about going back to the lap. Let me tell you, the the Chiefs were not happy with that Raiders performance. Yeah, you know, Sam, I think you know, I, I told him this the day after but the Steve game. Steve Spagnuolo. Two days later, whatever it is. I mean, the NFL is the, the, the you know ultimate proving ground. By that, I mean you have to prove it every week. You know, <laughs> if you have a really good game, you got to prove that that's what you were. Uh, and we certainly, our goal was to prove that what happened at home here against the Raiders was not what we were about. Uh, and I did think that they responded really well, uh, real aggressive. I was happy to see that. CW and, and Bashad Breland did a great job on the outside and the safeties inside. So, and the result was pretty good. So there's Steve Spagnuolo talking about the loss. As Andy Reid said, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. When you're not on your game, you, you, you look at different opponents that come in here. That's why the Chiefs look at their schedule and say, all right, this is a weak schedule, but bizarre things can't happen. This is what the Honey Badger said after that Raiders game, and everything he said has come true. I think for me going forward, it's, it's all about continuing to encourage my guys. You know, it's a long football season. You know, I can't get down on them. We haven't lost a game since last year. So, I mean, who am I as a leader to, you know, jump down their throat, um, you know, because they we didn't perform you know, as we would like as a group, um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, I'll let the, I'll remind them, I'll tell them, you know, we'll grow from it. You know, even myself, you know, I gave up a big play today and, you know, that's all a part of the game. So, um, you know, we'll get back in the lab. You know, like I said, um, it's, it, it's good. It's a good feeling going forward. Um, obviously we lost. It's a bad feeling, but to be this motivated, I haven't felt this motivated um, in a very, very long time. And I know my teammates, you know, on all sides of the ball, you know, feel, feel the exact same way. And his actions and his teammates' actions showed in Buffalo, limiting Josh Allen to 122 yards. This guy was Josh Allen. I guess they got pounded by the Titans, but he was the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. And then they go out today, and he was part of that with that fumble recovery, and then the interception. Like Tyron was there, he's writing the checks, but he's cashing them. And again, I've always said, if you're going to write the checks in the league, you better have the funds to pay for them. We've seen Frank Clark. You know, talk about stopping Derrick Henry in the postseason, then he goes and does it. That's writing checks and having delivered. But no, this wasn't the perfect offensive game where you didn't have 400 yards from Mahomes and four touchdowns, but that's okay. You got defensive points. You got special teams points. There's a lot to take out of this this win in Denver. And again, it's against a rival. Ten straight, now the Chiefs have beaten the Broncos. And let me tell you something, it's in their head. They're thinking about it. They were asked about it all week about losing 10 straight to the Chiefs. Talk about having to get over this hump, get over the Kansas City Chiefs. They've lost six in Denver. And, of course, when they play the Chiefs again, that number's coming up. They'll play them here at Arrowhead Stadium later. And they already lost to the Chiefs at home. But those questions will come up because nine now is 10. you got to find a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 
You know, they bring in different head coach and Vic Fangio. It's defensive-minded. They drafted Drew Locke. You know, they, they have some weapons. Cortland Sutton's gone for the year, but they bring in Noah Fant. They go in the offseason and get Melvin Gordon. You got to do all these things to knock the Chiefs off, and they haven't done it. That's what you're seeing in this division. You see the Chargers that went with Justin Herbert. This shows a ton of potential at quarterback. The quarterback they drafted from Oregon got a second win today. It was fantastic. And we see what the Raiders have done in their draft. It's about counteracting the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. These teams are giving the Chiefs their best shot. When the Chiefs play anybody, they're getting their best shot. Ask the Raiders that won a couple weeks ago in Arrowhead. They did a victory lap around the stadium, had their Super Bowl. They were excited about it. Then they go get hammerjacked today at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, when you're on top of the mountain, people are going to come at you. The Chiefs have seen the best of the best. And they've played against some of the brightest defensive line or defensive minds in the NFL with these coaches. And some of these teams without winning records, they don't look that great like Denver. Still, Vic Fangio, good defensive mind. And their defense was one notch ahead of the Chiefs, 15th in the NFL. The Chiefs were 16th coming in this game. Huge thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs, joining us. Huge thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. And as always, thanks for producer Kramer Sansone. It's been fun, Kramer. I enjoyed today's game. And also, huge thanks to Dusty Likens for the scores and fantasy updates. Really think it adds a little bit of pizzazz to the postgame show. And thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, Fesco in the morning, 558 in the morning. Derek Johnson, 730. Dana Hughes, 830. Then Bill Moss at 11 with Cody Gold. Patrick Mahomes, 215 with the drive. Good night.